Jelly Oil Company presents Captain Midnight. Captain Midnight, brought to you three times each week by the Skelly Oil Company, Skelly Joppers and Dealers. But say, right about now, I'll bet you're hungry as a bear. And you know, that reminds me of something. Why is a bear hungry? Did you ever stop to think of that? Well, sir, a bear is hungry, or I might better say a bear is hungriest in the spring, after he's gone practically all winter without eating. You see, that's why people started saying... Gee, I'm hungry as a bear. Well, you know, I'll bet that's just about the way your family car feels. Just like a bear that's been holed up all winter long. I'll bet your family car is hungry as a bear for some good old Skelly Tagoline motor oil and Skelly Grease Master lubrication. You see, spring is just around the corner now. And the family car has probably had a pretty hard winter. It's maybe just a wee bit tired out and logy feeling. Well, sir, the chances are just what it needs for a swell spring tonic is a crankcase full of good old Skelly Tagoline of a special grade to suit the weather in your own particular part of the country. The chances are it could stand some fresh summer weight gear lubricants, too, and maybe a good all-round lubrication job by a trained Skelly Grease Master. Say, you've no idea what a spring treatment like that will do for a car that's sort of winter-weary. Tell Dad to try it tomorrow. Tell him to be sure and drive in to a Skelly service station where he sees the big red, white, and blue sign with the big letter S that stands for Skelly service. If the family car is beginning to feel like an old bear that's just come out of winter quarters, you tell Dad you'll bet your Skelly man will soon have it feeling playful as a year-old cub. Yes, sir. Your Skelly man knows just what to do for winter-weary cars. To fill them up full of the joy of living in springtime. So tell Dad to stop at your Skelly service station tonight or tomorrow. And now to Captain Midnight. Chuck Ramsey and the young student pilot, Frank Crane, are in Ivan Shark's power. Chuck has already succeeded in getting a secret message, or part of one, to Captain Midnight in the few words that Ivan Shark allowed Chuck to say over the radio. It is now afternoon of the next day. Ivan Shark is seated in his library, studying a large-scale map on the wall. Listen. Yes, Fang? You asked for Miss Fury, Master. I bring her to see you. Very good, Fang. Tell her to come in. You will enter, Miss Fury. Thank you, Fang. Send for me, Father. Yes, Fury. We are approaching a critical point in our deal with Captain Midnight. And I wish to speak to, to you. That will be all for the present, Fang. Yes, Master. Captain Midnight is to give you his answer tonight, is he not? Yes, my dear. At 12 o'clock tonight. Do you uh, think he will agree? He will. Not immediately, perhaps, but within several days. But you only gave him 24 hours, Father. I realize that, Fury. But Captain Midnight will wriggle all he can before he finally agrees to my proposal. I know him too well. He will find some good reason for delaying his final answer, because he will wish to exhaust all possibilities of locating and rescuing the two boys. Yes, Father. And perhaps Captain Midnight will succeed. No, Fury. Captain Midnight cannot possibly do that. In the first place, 
he will not find this hideout because it is so well hidden. In the second place, he does not know where it is because each time I talk to him on the radio, I talk to him from different positions. And those positions were over 250 miles apart. It would take months to comb this country thoroughly and locate us. And most important of all, I will know if Captain Midnight leaves Ridgeville Airport. You will know that? Most certainly I will, my dear. I also am having Captain Midnight's position triangulated each time he speaks to me. The first two times have both been from Ridgeville. Tonight, when I speak to him, I shall warn him that if he does not continue to speak to me from the same point, our deal is completely off. From what point will you speak to Captain Midnight tonight? Well, that is just what I was considering when you came in. Here on the wall, you see a large map of this country. Over there to the east is the point from which I talked the first time. And here to the west is the point from which I talked the last time. I have an idea, Father. Yes? Tonight, why do you not call Captain Midnight from here? He will never believe you are actually talking from the point at which you are holding Chip Ramsey. Uh, excellent, my dear Fury. You are right. Captain Midnight would never think I would dare to broadcast from the actual position of my hideout. And in any case, it does not matter. Because Captain Midnight will be 2,000 miles away. Hmm. How are the two boys taking this matter? With a great deal of composure, Fury. Almost too much, I might say. Chuck Ramsey has no fear because he has the mistaken idea that Captain Midnight will rescue him. <laughs> you are right, Fury. But let him harbor such foolish hopes if he insists on doing so. And now, I must talk to Gardo regarding our broadcast to Captain Midnight tonight. <laughs> Not far away, behind locked doors, are Chuck Ramsey and young Frank Crane. They're talking together in low tones. Let's listen as Chuck says. No, Frank, it's like this. Ivan Shark is merely trying to deceive Captain Midnight as to the location of this hideout. But gosh, Chuck, even if Captain Midnight does know the positions from which Shark has been broadcasting, that's going to help him find us here. Yeah, that's the whole trouble, Frank. Captain Midnight will have an idea of the general region, but it won't help him much in locating this exact spot. Why, Chuck, it'd take months to find this place. I know it. I'll bet you one thing. I'll bet that after the first talk Captain Midnight had with Ivan Shark, and after Captain Midnight found the location from which Shark was talking, that he sent a message to the Canadian authorities. Why, I'll bet the Mounted Police are trying to find us right now. Boy, they're good, too. Why, I've heard they never give up until they found their man. Oh, that's true, Frank. They're just like our American Bureau of Investigation. And the only trouble is, Shark will be gone when they find this place, and, and you and I will. Well, well, we'll just have to hope for the best. Gosh, Chuck, I, I hate to think of Mother and Dad. And... Now, listen, Frank. You just get any ideas like that out of your head. We're going to find some way to beat Ivan Shark at his own game. I got one message through to Captain Midnight last night. And if I get a chance to talk to him again, I'll get another one through to him. Oh, yeah, have you got it all worked out, Chuck? You bet I have. And if I can get to talk to Captain Midnight this time, I think he'll begin to catch on. Oh, gosh, Chuck. Do you suppose... Do you suppose Ivan Shark was suspicious last night? From what you said, he sure must have cut you off quick. Yes, he did. But I was lucky in one respect. He didn't stop me before I got the word cobra out. That was the most important thing. And you had the rest of the letters in the message? Yes, every tenth word. Here's the message I got fixed up if I get a chance to talk to Captain Midnight tonight. Now, this is how it goes. And many miles away, on the edge of the Ridgeville Airport, 
Five persons are gathered in a small room in the Southwest Airlines Terminal Building. Captain Midnight is standing by a table, around which are seated Steve and Patsy Donovan and the old miners, Pinky Drake and Slim Poole. Captain Midnight is speaking. Listen. Now, I've asked the four of you to come to this room because I wish to explain what our next move will be. We've now arrived at the critical point in our attempt to rescue Chuck and Young Crane. The events of the next 24 hours will probably spell success or failure. Is the Spartan ready for a long flight, Steve? Yes, Captain Midnight, it is. The tanks are full and the motor and the ship have been checked. The list of supplies you gave me are packed in the baggage compartment. Good work, Steve. Now then, pick him slim. Have you two everything you need? You darn tootin' we have, Captain Midnight. Slim and me's all set to fight them Canadian wilds for a couple of months. And we're sure hankering for some action, Captain Midnight. <laughs> Good. Now then, I'm going to do some explaining. You were all with me at the broadcasting station this morning. You all agreed the man we finally picked has a voice so close to mine that no one could tell the difference over the air. Sure I'm shooting. I sure done thought it was you I was listening to. It's the darndest thing I ever heard in my life. I wouldn't have believed it possible. He could have sure fooled me all right. Well, I don't think we could have done better. Now, here's the plan. When we take off tonight, we'll be all set for a long flight. I'll hold my conversation with Ivan Shark at 12 o'clock over this airport. By 8 o'clock in the morning, if the weather is okay, we should be close to the Canadian border. We'll stop at an airport, which I've selected, and refuel. Then we'll go on to Reddington, which we should reach by noon. After reaching there, I'll confer with Northwest police officials, and we'll decide on the next move at that time. Gosh, all hemlock, Captain Midnight. I sure don't get the idea what this year radio actor's going to do. I'll explain that to you, Pinky, because I want you all to understand what's going on. As you know, I've had listening posts checking the positions from which Ivan Shark has been talking. Well, he's probably checked on me, too. As long as he believes I am remaining here at Ridgeville, he feels perfectly safe. So you want this actor here to speak for you so that Shark will have the transmitter triangulated and he'll think you're still here at Ridgeville Airport. Right, that's the whole thing. That's why I ask you to arrange with Southwest Airlines for a plane. Uh, it's all been taken care of. The ship will be ready to go up at any time. Good. But, gee, Captain Midnight, there's one thing I can't understand. Well, what's that, Patsy? Ivan Shark only gave you 24 hours. That will be up at 12 o'clock tonight. You'll have to give him your answer, won't you? Well, I've got that all worked out, Patsy. Let's get to the plane now. And when you hear me talk to Shark at 12 o'clock, you'll understand. All right, come on now, let's go. What time do you make it, Steve? 20 seconds to 12. Ah, good. Now, uh, keep the ship cruising at 10,000 feet over the airport. She's at 10,000 now, Captain Midnight. I've got to throttle down as low as I can without losing any altitude. She's fine as she is right now. All right, Patsy, are you ready? I'm all set, Captain Midnight. I've got my pad and riding board and extra pencils. Oh, good. Now, remember, I'm going to ask to talk to Chuck again. And if I do get to talk to him, you've got to get every word he says. I won't miss a word, Captain Midnight. I'm sure I won't. Is there anything Slim and me can do, Captain Midnight? No, not a thing, Pinky. You and Slim sit quiet and listen. You're darn tootin' we will. All right, now. It's 12 o'clock. I'm tuning in. Ivan Shark was supposed to call us, but... I have Ivan Shark calling Captain Midnight. Ivan Shark calling Captain Midnight. Go ahead. Captain Midnight, answering Ivan Shark. Go ahead. I am waiting for your answer, Captain Midnight. If you wish to see Chuck Ramsey again, you must give me your promise to leave me alone. Go ahead. Twenty-four hours have passed since I talked to you, Ivan Shark. I must know that Chuck Ramsey is still alive. You must allow me to hear his voice again. Go ahead. Very well, Captain Midnight. 
You shall hear Ramsey's voice. And then you must give me your answer. Step forward, Ramsey. You may talk once more. Well, once again, we are to hear Chuck Ramsey's voice from faraway Canada. What kind of a secret message will Chuck attempt to get through to Captain Midnight this time? And what about Captain Midnight's plan to fly at once to Canada while a man at Ridgeville Airport imitates his voice in future conversations with Ivan Shark? Will the plan work? Tune in to Captain Midnight. Say, in this uncertain March weather, it's especially important that you have a motor oil in your crankcase that's weather right. You want an oil with body enough to protect your motor, but one that is light enough to let your motor turn over easy these mornings when it's still a bit chilly. And that's why so many folks are sticking to good old Skelly Tagoline motor oil that's weather right. Motor oil that's made to stand abuse. Because, you see, oil that doesn't thin out too much gives you more miles to the quart. And oil that doesn't thicken up too much means less drain on your battery and less wear on your motor. Why don't you try Skelly Tagoline motor oil in your family car? Ask your friendly Skelly man about it. He'll see that you get the proper grade for your car and for your weather. Now, don't forget to tune in again Monday, same time, same station, for further transcribed adventures of Captain Midnight. Brought to you by the Skelly Oil Company, Skelly Jobbers and Dealers. Can Chuck send more of his secret message to Captain Midnight before Ivan Shark suspects the ruse? What will happen next? Be sure to listen Monday. Until then, this is Don Gordon, your Skelly Man, saying goodbye and happy landing! <laughs>